All right, we will step aside to honor our sponsors and underwriters of the Box 2 Radio Network, and we'll be back with Brother Jeff on the other side of the break here on Voice in the Kingdom. All right, and we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. All right, we are right here on the Box 2 Radio Network, and it is uh, after the bottom of the hour now, about 7.34 local time here in our studios, and the first trivia question has been answered. Brother Dwayne Kidd got it correct. Naboth uh, had a vineyard that King Ahab and Miss uh, Jezebel wanted so bad that they had to arrange to have him killed. That's in 1 Kings 21. Thank you, Brother Dwayne Kidd, for calling in and getting that correct and getting your name into the drawing for that $25 Olive Garden gift card from Elizabethtown. Well, it is uh, on the other end of the phone now. It is time uh, to get into it with our good brother, Jeff Arrington. And we thank him so much for taking time out and being on the air with us this morning. And uh, we're going to get into some more discussion on sonship and uh, continue learning and diving into these kingdom principles. How are you doing this morning, brother? Doing great this morning. How y'all doing? Oh, man, we're blessed and highly favored. Mm. Amen. <laughs> All right. Amen. We're going to let you just dive right into it, brother. Well, it's a good day to be alive in the kingdom of God. Uh, I mean, God is doing some marvelous things. And uh, I just believe there's an acceleration of growth that's come to the body of Christ. Not in numbers, but I'm talking about growth and maturity. Because what took, you know, years to understand now is only taking months and days because of the life of God and it. The access we have to God through this open door, I believe, in 2020 and beyond. There's an open door to the saints and to fellowship Christ on another level. And because of that, I believe the acceleration of our maturity and growth uh, is here. And you're going to see sons uh, uh, coming forth all over the earth. Uh, sons of God coming into maturity, coming into that glory, because God is, is, is doing a new thing in Time is, is, is winding up and, uh, because of the technology of our day and what's increasing. I believe we're also increasing with the increase of God. So the Amen. kingdom of God is all about progression and movement, maturity, and uh, going forward. Mm. And the Bible says of a, of a king, uh, uh, Uzziah, as long as he sought the Lord, God calls him to prosper. That word prosper is to push forward, to go forward, to grow. So as long as we continue to seek the Lord, there's going to be a continual prospering, growing, maturing uh, in the body of Christ like we've never seen before. And uh, I'm going to be discussing uh, sonship again on another level as far as uh, uh, how to mature and season it and take it to the next level. Because I believe there's a, remnant, a hidden remnant out there that's, that's hungry and ready to go to the next level. And uh, this morning, if you have your Bibles, uh, if you would turn to me with me to uh, Hebrews, if you would. Hebrews chapter 5, let's review a little bit. Last week we talked about Christ the pattern son. Isaiah prophesied that uh, unto us a child would be born, uh, but a son was given. So we see that Christ came in as a son, uh, a child, but he matured in season, and God gave him as a son. Right. 
And that, that's the pattern. You know, we may be born again, some of us, but are we progressing? Are we maturing uh, in, in the fellowships that we attend? And are we growing in Christ? That's the key. And, uh, you know, most of the body of Christ is consumed with church growth as far as numbers and people and major churches and all of this. But the true Father's heart, he's concerned with us bearing fruit. And that means growth in our own character, in our own statute. So let's look at what's on the Father's heart and where we're headed as sons. Once again, looking at the pattern son here, we see that he learned obedience, the Bible says, through the things he suffered. And right here in Hebrews, it says, Hebrews 5, verse, let's see, verse 8, Hebrews 5, verse 8, it talks about Christ coming into maturity again on another level. So he were a son, notice that though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. At 12 years old, he had to deny his soul and become subject to his parents, uh, knowing that he was uh, uh, the son of God, yet he denied his soul and stepped into the seasons and times of the Lord. The Bible says he became subject to his parents. He came under the arrangement of God at that season for his life, and he began to learn obedience. And verse 9 says, being made perfect, mature, and seasoned, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. See, God is, is, is wanting us to, to understand what it means to represent and not substitute when it comes to sonship. Sonship is all about representation or representing God, not substituting God. And Adam lost the representation of God when he fell in the garden, him and Eve, when he gave up the rights to uh, uh, his place. And Lucifer came in and took it, and he became soulless rule instead of spirit rule. So sonship is all about being led by the spirit. They are the sons of God. So let's get into this a little bit this morning. First of all, guys, is there any other questions from last week? I know we covered a lot. I think you covered it well. We were we were uh, talking about it quite a bit, but I felt like felt like it was some really good stuff and, and uh, really got us all thinking in this direction. I'm glad you're building on it this week. Well, okay, let's move on then. Well, in Hebrews chapter, let's go. Hebrews uh, 2, 10, it says that Christ's assignment or mission is to bring many sons into glory. Now that he's fulfilled his purpose, he said it was finished on the cross. Now his job is to bring many sons into that same glory. How does he do it? It's the same pattern. We must be subject. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 again, review a little bit. Hebrews 12. <laughs> Verse 5. And you have forgotten of the exhortation which speaks on this wise. Speaking unto you as unto children, my son despise not the chastenings of the Lord, nor faint when thou rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, scourges every son whom he received. Now the Bible says he chastened. That word chasten means to train up, uh, to correct, to bring up. This deals with training. And, of course, scourging means to correct, but see, this is the pattern. This is the way of the Lord. Every son he receives, he chases. Yeah. He trains. Whether that be through uh, a circumstances, situation, environment, whether he bring a man of God, a mature seed, a man of God in your life to help you along the way, to teach you some things, uh, 
It's his way. The scripture says if we endure chastening his training, God dealeth with us as with sons. As with sons. Hmm. If we are able to endure our correction, our training, God says he will deal with you as a son. Now, this is the difference between ministers and sons. Sons hear the voice of the Father. Ministers, they want to come up with a sermon to minister to the people. But God wants the, the sons to become <clears throat> the sermon. Our life has to be a message, see? That's the difference between this, this sonship and, and, and just uh, being born again and trying to preach the Word. We must become something before we can say something. For it is God who works in us both to will and then to do. So he's working his character, his nature, his ways in us, that we may learn how to represent him and not substitute him. Verse 8 says, But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Now, if you be without correction, the Bible says, <laughs> then are you bastards. But I believe there's a remnant out there that is wanting to step into this training uh, process of the Father and become very familiar with him, his ways. The Bible says he showed children of Israel his acts, but Moses' his ways. We want to become familiar with the ways of God, how he operates, and represent that, that we might be dealt with as sons, as sons of God. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh who corrected us, and we gave them reverence, so we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live. Notice it says, and live. This is what Adam lost, but God wants to return us back to the training ground of being led by our spirits. Adam lost the rule of his spirit through his disobedience, and he became sense rule, or soul rule, ruled by his emotions, ruled by his feelings, ruled by his mind, instead of ruled by his human spirit. And this is where the body of Christ is lacking training because we don't understand the difference between our soul and our spirit. And let's, let's talk about that this morning because that is the interest into growth and maturity, being able to, to understand whether you're operating in the spirit or your soul. So if you would, go to Hebrews 4. <clears throat> I, I like how you made the point last week, Brother Jeff, that a lot of men of God get alone with God to get a message for the people. Uh -huh. And stood of getting alone with God and becoming the message right. for the there people. You go. That that was a a great word. See, a lot of people, what you're getting ready to talk about, soul and spirit, they believe it's the same thing. They don't they don't understand that there's a separation. So, so I'm glad that you're getting ready to to um, teach that to us. Well, let's discuss this a little bit. The understanding that it takes time to become something. In God. Well, and that, uh, I, I liked how, I liked how you said too that we have to become something before we say something too. That that was right. a very very powerful statement. Very simple, but very powerful statement right there. Well, if you notice, Christ uh, uh, he learned and became uh, mature, seasoned, and then God sent him. Sent him. That's the pattern. That's the way of the Lord. Right. And it didn't, it didn't take. I mean, it took a time. It took time for him to come into that maturity and season. The, the father determines that. We discussed that last week in Galatians. It says the, it talks about the appointed time, yeah. And then it talks about the fullness of time, right? Yeah. So there's an appointed time for us to learn and grow and mature, 
And then there's a fullness of time that God determines to send us for. That's in the Father's hand. That's coming under that, that arrangement when it says subject ourselves to the Father's spirit. See, when we give ourselves, okay, God, I'm giving myself over to you. I'm bought with a price. My life is not my own. Then God begins to set up and arrange our lives according to his sovereign rule, his sovereignty, our relationships, the men of God we meet, people we meet, for our training, the jobs, wherever we go, it's training, training, training. God didn't waste anything. I can tell you the last 40 years of my life being in Christ, God hadn't wasted a thing. Mm. All my encounters, all my jobs, everything I've, I've encountered were from my training and my growth because I understand something that the Father is, he wants sons. He wants mature seasoned sons. He's always wanted sons. Yes, he does. Well, we got we got to we got to take a quick break right here. We're going to be talking about okay. more maturing and training uh, when we come back with Brother Jeff here on Voice in the Kingdom. All right, and we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. All right, amen. We are back, and uh, we are on the phone with our good friend, Brother Jeff Arrington, out of Marshall, Texas, and we are here on the Box 2 Radio Network. We're talking about sonship and being able to uh, get through the training process of that, uh, and the Scripture pretty clearly uh, says that that uh, the chastening's coming. We just got to endure it. <laughs> and so let's uh, continue to talk about that maturing and that training, Brother Jeff. Amen. It's a process that Christ was the pattern son that we must look at closely and follow that example. Now, in Hebrews 4.12, let's go ahead and then we'll go back to three, Hebrews 3 and 4 in a minute. But Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is quick, is living, and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing of sunder, of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Here we see the word dividing asunder, which means marriage most, and it deals with separation for clarification. Only the word of God can separate or bring distinction between the spirit and soul to show us, to give us understanding of what man are we operating in. Now, a lot of saints don't know the difference, so they get into the word of God and they bring it forth from the soul, and it has no power. It cannot reproduce God. Only the spirit of a man can reproduce God's spirit because that's where God lives in our spirit. And to understand that is to walk in uh, the spirit. Paul said, walk in the spirit, live in the spirit. And this deals with understanding who we are. We're spirit people. God is a spirit. He's a father of spirit. And this is where Adam lost. He lost the spirit rule and became fleshly rule, soul rule, if you would. And now he's led around by his emotions and feelings and not led around by faith in God and uh, understanding God's word. So here God is trying to restore us back to our original formation. The scripture says, any man being Christ, he's a new creature. Now our spirit is quick and made alive again. God puts his spirit in us. Now we become spirit ruled and spirit led again. But how many are being trained and taught how to live by their spirit? Well, the word of God makes that separation to bring clarification onto what manner of man we are, see? And it takes time to understand that. The gesture live by faith. Faith is a spiritual thing. It's not uh, a, a mental 
uh, scent. It's, it's not something that uh, you come up with your own in intellect, but it deals with the human spirit and God's spirit. And this is where the Holy Spirit has come as our tutor and our governor to train us how to live by the spirit. Now, Jesus said this, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Why? Because Christ was a living, he, he was a quickening spirit. Yeah. Adam was a living soul. Hmm. And when Christ spoke, he spoke from his spirit. See, and anytime a man of God, a woman of God coming into the, the understanding and the training of the father, and he trains that, that son or daughter how to, to live by their spirit, they are able to speak by the spirit. And what does that mean? Now they have power to reproduce God, life, joy. When they speak, people's spirit are quickened. When they speak, the word of God penetrates the, uh, the carnal realm right into a man's heart. Why? Because they're bringing forth the issues of life from the spirit. See? And we see that in the body of Christ, there's a lot of mixture. There's a, there's a lot of mingling. See? There's a lot of people that may have gifts and talents and abilities. But have they been dealt with? See, have they been dealt with? Hmm. There's no difference between the stolen spirit. There are many apostles and prophets and pastors call themselves, you know, by their titles, but they haven't been dealt with. Yeah. See? Wow. They haven't been dealt with. So their character fails them because they haven't given themselves over to the training of the Lord. But the gifts is well repented. The gifts is there. But the statue, the character is not there. See? Hmm. And a lot of times we let people, you know, take the pulpit or, or sing or based upon that gift. And yes, they can bring forth that gift, but they can't bring forth the anointing or the life mm, of amen. God. Well, an, and, and huh? a, an example, an example of that right now in our, our culture is, is, is Kanye West, you know, coming out and talking about his conversion and then automatically putting on these services. Now, from what yeah. I can understand, he's got other preachers and other choir folks around him, and he's not doing a lot of the talking outside of giving his testimony. But, you know, we've yeah. often said it here, you know, be praying for him, you know, because he's a young Christian now put out on a pulpit that's bigger than any that you can think of and people just waiting for him to fall. Uh, but more than yeah. just somebody famous like him, you know, that happens in our culture a lot. Somebody gets saved and the first thing they want to do is go tell everybody, which is great. Uh, but, uh, there's a training and there, you know, you're talking about this chastening and things that need to, to happen, uh, before we can, can really bring, uh, and fully manifest those, those gifts and those things in our lives. Uh, so maybe talk about that a little bit is like, you know, we don't want to discourage someone from sharing, uh, you know, their testimony or witnessing. Uh, but, but what is kind of maybe that balance between really coming out and, uh, you know, being bold in your faith, but then also, you know, taking that training into consideration before you're really, um, teaching, I guess is what I'm. Well, well there's nothing wrong with sharing your testimony, uh, of your conversion, you know, sharing what Christ has done in your life and sharing your personal testimony. But when it comes to leadership, see, you have to make a distinction right. when it comes to leadership, see. God doesn't put babes in leadership, novices in leadership. We do. He right. doesn't put novices in leadership and babes in leadership based upon that gift. God always weighs a man's character, see, yeah. his loyalty, his faithfulness, uh, his maturity. That's what God weighs out. Hmm. And we got to understand God promotes me and God set me up. Not we, you see, body of Christ, we go to seminar or go somewhere and get a little certificate or a plaque or something. Next thing you know, we set them over a congregation, or we set them in leadership. Wow, see? yeah. And it has nothing to do with the way of the Lord. Mm. 
What? And the body of Christ has, cannot come into maturity if you have babes trying to teach babes. And that's why we're waiting on the sons of God to mature. Remember the scripture says that all creation is waiting for what? The manifestation of the we are, the mature seasoned sons of God that can bring us God. See, we want to hear the Lord. And that takes time to, to learn his ways and to walk in his statutes, keep his, you know, keep his commandments. That takes time for that soul to be trained hmm. into leadership, see. But we see in the body of Christ, we haven't understood the scriptures and haven't followed the, the, the pattern. So what we do is create our own pattern. They say, you know, we got all these pastors uh, that go to seminar, all these pastors are placed in leadership. And, and there's no scripture for it, but we just do it anyway. Not understanding the way uh, of promotion and how God ordains and sets in place his leadership. Now, now, the scriptures are full of examples. You know, you go to you go to Old Testament. We, that's what we'll do. We'll go to the Old Testament here in a minute and look at some examples. But uh, the Bible is clear when it comes to uh, the character uh, that God looks for, the fruit. Because, you know, you know a tree by its fruit, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, you can't get it. Brother Jeff, yeah. I, I yeah. want to rewind just a second. You, you made a statement, and... Uh, you said Adam was a living soul. Jesus was a quickening spirit. Correct? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, so let's let's stay right there for a minute for our, our listeners. Talking about soul and spirit. So Adam had soul and spirit also, right? Adam also had spirit as a spirit being, right? God created him yes. in his image. Okay. So when we when we look at Jesus, okay, that this is the question I get all the time and I try to answer it. So I want to hear your answer. Did Jesus have a soul, or was he just spirit? No, he had a soul. He was just spirit ruled. See, there's an order to our life. See, before Adam sinned, he had fellowship with Christ, fellowship with God in the garden. He was he was led by spirit, ruled by spirit. But when he fell, see, he lost. The, the, the scriptures is clear. God said, the day you partake of that tree, you shall surely die. So the first thing died was the light. The spirit went out in his temple. He lost the life of God. Even though he wasn't dead right away physically, but he went. As soon as he ate that from the wrong tree, he died spiritually, see? And he lost the rule of his spirit. Now he's led by what he sees, his feelings, his, his emotions, uh, his pains. He's led by all of this instead of the voice of God, the Word of God, see? And that, that's, the, uh, uh, that's what Satan has done to the world. If you look at the world, the whole world is led by the... Our feelings. If I don't feel like it, <laughs> or if I feel like it, right? Right. Feelings, feelings, thoughts, intellect, uh, uh, intelligentsia, all this stuff comes from the soul. All that has to come under the domain of the rule of a human spirit, of my spirit. My soul is to aid and assist me in my obedience to God. See, I must bring my emotions, I must bring my, my intellect uh, under the rule of the spirit. How do you do that? By obedience to the word. But see, now we want to take, we're taking the word out of schools. We're taking the word out of everything. And, and all we have is a bunch of living souls. See, that's why it's important for the body of Christ to get back to the word of God and make sure that's the first thing uh, when it comes to our life, the word, the word of God. Amen. And if we can submit ourselves to what's written in the word of God, now we can be led by not our emotions, our feelings, but what saith the scriptures. 
It's the final authority in my life, in your life. That's what God honors, his word, right? Amen. He honors his word. So if we can get back, that's sonship. That was, that's representation. That's what I'm talking about today, not substitution. Yeah, there's many examples in the scriptures. Uh, we'll go over one when it comes to the whole nation of Israel in a minute. But you can take Saul and David, for instance, right? Y'all know the story of Saul? Yes. Israel wanted a king, and so, so the guy Saul, because God let Saul become the king, and God gave Saul instruction, but he had a better way. He substituted. Wow. He told them, kill all the Malachites, the king, everybody, wipe them out for what they did to my people Israel. They killed my old people. They killed the young people. They laid in wait, and, and, and God saw all of that. He remembered that, and he told Saul, this is what I want you to do. But what did Saul do? He had a better idea. Right, right. <laughs> when he when he saw the sheep was good and and he had the pride and arrogance, he had the king, so he wanted to gloat and, and had the king parade him around his victory, and he didn't represent God. <laughs> we do that a lot, don't we? We always think we yeah. have a better idea than the Creator of the universe. <laughs> there you go, and that's the problem when it comes to ministers versus sons. See, yeah, yeah. They got, we always got a better idea, a better sermon. What we want to share where we want to live, where we want to go. No, God says no. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. Sacrifice. Yeah. Yes, obedience. So you got a lot of sacrificing going on for God. Wow. Right? Yeah. But sonship brings us into obedience yeah. to God. God wants to want us to obey. He don't want all our sacrifices and saving the world and doing all these other No. He wants to simply obey. Yeah. Now if he tell you to go to uh Africa, go. But if your denomination wanting you to go and do a, do work for God, you better check yourself and make sure you're in obedience, right? Amen. Well, and it's it's like you you know we're just talking about sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to be able to endure the training or the chastening that we've been talking about. It is a sacrifice uh, to be able to do that, uh, but it's also a reasonable service at and, the same time. Yes, because so. God is love, man. God's gonna tell you. You know, God has our best interests at heart. Yeah. He has our best. If you give your father, you give your life over to the Father's Spirit, and you be, he begins the process, and he will begin the process. It's up to us to follow it and to obey it. It's not a, it's not something that he brings you into to destroy your life. He brings, he brings us into the promotion of life. See, Amen. When it comes to sonship, it's all about promotion. Yes. But as long as the child, the scripture says, as long as the heir is a child, he different enough from a servant. Though he be Lord of all, though he be a son, he cannot get the inheritance until he comes into maturity, right? And trustworthiness. Mm, amen. See? Well, we're and already God's ways, so we can represent or represent God to the people as leaders, right? Yes. So Whitney and Chris, God's bringing you guys into leadership. How does he do that? <laughs> By see, smacking see, me around. <laughs> it, it puts you in situations, right? That's right. He brings men in your life that will challenge you. He brings men in your life to enlarge you. God, that's all the sovereignty of God. See, as we trust Him, as the just shall live by faith. I like how you. I like how you've made me see it lately. Instead of getting a bunch of whippings. I'm getting a bunch of teachings. Teachings, yeah. <laughs> when I say he's smacking me around, he's teaching me. That's for darn sure. Um, <laughs> hallelujah. All right. Well, hey, we're at the top of the hour already. We're on. We're on a good. We're on some good stuff right here. But we're going to come back with that in just a moment, and then we've got a full thirty-minute segment uninterrupted uh, to really dive into this. So uh, we got to step aside for just a moment, uh, and we'll be right back here on the Box Two Radio Network on Voice in the Kingdom with Brother Jeff Arrington. All right, and we are 
Instead of looking at them as, as uh, getting slapped a little bit, get them, getting taught a little bit. And uh, that's yeah. that's what it takes uh, to become that son and be fully manifested in what God has for us is to, again, I, I love that scripture that you read, you endure the chastening and right. then. <laughs> well, yeah. Before we left, we yeah. were at God doesn't want to destroy your life. He wants to promote your life. Uh, so let's, yeah. let's go on with that because that was, that was good. That's That's what he's doing. Well, see, this part of the discipleship. Remember, Jesus, uh, uh, he came into maturity and he met Satan, defeated Satan in the wilderness. And from that time, the scripture says that he preached the kingdom of God. And as he traveled, he began to call disciples, right? He began to call men of God. He told Peter, come follow me. Uh, Peter, James, and John, follow me. They put down. See, that's part of the training. Follow me. Put my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light, see? It's not a hard thing with the Lord. Uh, uh, God is love. He's not coming to destroy man's life, but to save him, see, to make him whole, mature, season. See, but it deals with our understanding the ways of the Lord and not being afraid of those ways and letting our life go and letting God, see, and letting God, trusting God. Now, this is where uh, a lot of the body of Christ, see, we're not, we're not teaching them. It's like I heard the other day, you know, this man was on the radio. He was talking about, you know, when you when you choose a fellowship, when you choose to go to church somewhere, no, you get that decision to the Lord. Lord, what will you have me to be? Where are you joining me to? What? See, that's referral. We're not teaching people to referral uh, to the Lord, see. You don't, make, you don't choose your own church. You let God choose where he wants to place you. That's powerful. And put you. Yeah. This has to do with joints and marrow. Remember the scriptures, Hebrews 4 12. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two edged sword, piercing even the dividing of son of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Where does God want me joined? Where does I find my life, my marrow? Where is the marrow of God in my life? Where is the fellowship, the local fellowship? There's extra local, which we are, we're speaking. We're still the church, but we've been joined by joints and marrow. We're able to bring life to one another because it's the joining of the Lord. We just didn't choose what we want and choose this and choose that. The Lord chose for us, right? Amen. Yeah. I was I was just reading I was just reading an article that was talking about how uh, six in ten church going Christian parents say that their congregations uh, that they choose are based on children's programming. That's what I'm talking about. Six yeah, six in ten. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I, I've got kids, and I, and I feel it's important that they have an opportunity to be involved. Uh, but that that's not a uh, that's not a prayer. That's a uh, calculation <laughs> when it comes well, to that. Yes, and that's control. That's what I'm talking about. And what we do is we take the the control from Christ. We take His lordship. which lordship means control. We take that from Him, and we become our own lords. And, and we choose what we want to go to church. What we want to do based upon the nursery. They got a good children program. They got good PlayStation and the Xboxes. Our children will be taken care. Of. No, no, no. That's all coming from the soul. That's what I mean. That's fleshly. That's based upon sight and hearing, not upon faith in God and where God has placed me. And it's not just church. It's it's everything because the Bible says those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So it's not just church. It's, it's everything. It's what are you going to do today? Where are you going to work at? Are you even going to work? I mean, whatever, everything, you ought to be directed by God, not making your own choices. That's it. That comes through acknowledging God. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, right? Mm. He will direct your path. Come on. That's sonship. 
Come on. Then we're getting into representation, not substitution. So you see God's problem in the earth and the body of Christ. There's so much substitution and so much usurping his place that he can't get his will done. But there is a remnant now. He always reserves himself a remnant that's getting the message to you. Mm. That, that's learning the ways of God. That's coming into maturity. God always had 10,000 hands bowed to bail. That's men and women all over the earth that's understanding that they're bought with a price. Their life is not their own. They don't retain, you know, ownership of their own life, but they give it to the landlord, the Lord Jesus himself, and he directs their path sovereignly. So there is a remnant now. There is a remnant that's, that's getting the message of the kingdom, which is to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me, right? Hmm. Amen. Follow my pattern. Follow my way. Die to yourself. Now, we get into this, and uh, uh, time going pretty fast, but we can always continue next week. So we'll keep going. Amen? We'll keep Amen. Going. Amen. Amen. Hey, I had a text from a listener that said, uh, good preaching, and that this is really good, and, and the gentleman said that he is growing every Tuesday that he gets to listen. And so just wanted to encourage you. So we just got that message from a listener. Well, that's all we need It's just one. The Bible is clear. One shall become a thousand. A thousand shall become a great nation. So there's only one. But I know God has many people in that in that surrounding region and in the United States and in the world. God got many people that's getting the message of the kingdom. We just need to teach them, see? We need to just teach them the word and represent the scriptures and not our denomination, but represent the king, right? Amen. Now, I'm, I'm tough on, on religion because I didn't meet a religion. I met a king, right? Come on. I met a king one day on the road to Damascus. I'm not, I'm not Saul Paul, but I got knocked off my beast also. <laughs> and, Amen. And, uh, and Christ revealed himself to me. And uh, from that day forward, my, my thing is, Lord, what will you have me to do? Lord, what will you have me to stay? Lord, what will you have me to go? And so I give myself over to that sovereignty and that providential rule of God. And he sets our lives up, our, our relationships, our encounters, divine encounters, Whitney and I, divine encounter. Now, Quince is divine encounter. See, that's been my whole life. It's been divine encounters. Glory. Based on the sovereignty of the Lord God himself. Hmm. He's able to order our steps, see? Yes. Wow. Yeah. How I met my wife, how I met all these friends here in Marshall, how I met others all around the world here in the United States, now Kentucky, how I met uh, uh, Brother Ron Miller. That was divinely instituted by God. Yes, amen. Woo. So it's all understanding that, that we are sons of God, Jesus said, the wind blows where it's listed. But we don't know where it blows, but, but we know the wind is blowing. So are them that are born of the Spirit. See? Hallelujah. The natural, the natural man can't understand it, where it comes from, where it's going, but we know the wind is blowing. The Holy Spirit is here. He's leading us. He's blowing us wherever he wants us to go. See? You don't have me That's take off my faith. jacket. I'm about to get run around in the room now. <laughs> Well, I deal with faith in God. See, our faith that God is in charge. He's large and he's in charge. He's, he's, he's leading us. Uh, he's involved. He's not some distant leader somewhere off and told us to take the church. That ain't what he did. He said, upon the rock, field, my church, not yes. ours, is. Mm-hmm. We're here to, to represent the governor, not to take his place, but to represent him. Ooh. So... Let's go back. Now, why did God put Hebrews 4.12 right there? Uh, uh, I call it the gateway into the kingdom, understanding Hebrews 4.12. It's the gateway into the kingdom, because now you understand, by clarification, spirit rule versus soul rule, joints and marrow, and then you understand your intents of your heart. 
So here we see, if we go back, now let's just go back to Hebrews 3, and then we'll come back 412 here in a minute. Hebrews 3, let's start it, let's see, redeem the time a little bit. Let's go to verse 7, 3, verse 7. Well, perhaps the Holy Ghost has said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. Now, where provocation deals with grief, uh, uh, made angry, uh, and while this happened, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, they do always err, where? In their hearts. And they have not known my ways. See, understanding sonship is understanding the ways of God. See, right? Yeah, Moses man. understood the ways of the Lord. That's key. And uh, the people in the Old Testament, they err because they didn't know the way of the Lord. And a lot of the body of Christ, we're in error not knowing the ways of the Lord. Jesus even said, you do err not knowing the power of God, nor the scriptures. We must know the power of God in the scriptures, Jesus said, and not err from the ways of the Lord. But we see here in the Old Testament, they err. And, and there was a rest or, or, or coming into the perfect and mature will of God that was available to them, but they erred. Now, let's look at some of this and what happened in the Old Testament. If you go to uh, Numbers for a minute, I'm going to try to redeem the time because time is going so fast. But in Numbers 13... Verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Notice he says, Which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, everyone a ruler among them. So God told Moses, Don't just select men to go out, uh, spy the land out. And Moses says, the land that I give them, spy it out, and uh, let them bring a report back on what they saw. So we see down here in verse 17, and Moses sent them spies out of the land of Canaan and said unto them, get you up this way, southward, and go up into the mountains. Now, these guys begin to go out, these, these 12 spies. They begin to search the land out in verse 25, and they return, and they return from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went out for 40 days searching the land. And the Bible says right before that, they came to Eskol, where, where there were grapes and pomegranates and all this stuff. The grapes were so big, it took two men to carry them. So uh, it was true. It was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. So they get back, the scripture says, verse 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to tell all the congregation of children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Now they brought back word of what they saw. And of course they begin to tell them how the land flows with milk and honey and how the, what the fruit looked like. And verse 28, nevertheless, here we go, the people, the people be strong and dwell in the land. The cities are walled and they are very great. Oh, we saw the children of Anak there, the giant. So we see already they began to, to speak by what they saw, what they felt, and the fear is creeping in. 
It talked about the Amalekites and all the different tribes were there. But there was one man among them named Caleb, verse 30. He says, and Caleb stealed the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. But we are well able to overcome it. So we see that there was one man among them that began to speak and represent what he heard from God. The others, they were already beginning to be influenced by their sight, what they felt, their feelings. But another man, hallelujah, named Caleb, had his eyes on God. Verse 31, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people. And they begin to murmur and complain. There are giants there. They're great in stature. And we are grasshoppers in their sight. See, and a lot of saints understand, if you keep your eyes off Christ, then you become grasshoppers. <laughs> but if you keep your eyes on Christ, you become a giant killer. I call a giant killer and a great taster. And there's a generation that is watching and looking and listening to God. And they're becoming giant killers and great tasters, man. They're beginning to explore new frontiers in the spirit, new regions in the spirit. And Satan is, is, is terrified at this generation that God is raising up. Mm. I call it a Joshua generation. Y'all heard the word Joshua generation, right? Mm. Yes. Absolutely. Caleb generation. Mm. And this is a generation who keeps their eyes on Christ. And we'll get to that. But let me read on. Now, they were murmuring and complaining. The Bible says, you turn on uh, chapter 14, these 10 spies, uh, they begin to speak about what they saw, what they heard. And it's funny how doubt and unbelief is contagious and fear is contagious. Because the scriptures is clear. Faith come by hearing. And I, I mean, no fear come by hearing. Yeah. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But fear come by hearing and hearing by the people that are full of fear. So we see that fear begins to spread all over the congregation. They begin to uh, uh, murmur and complain. And next thing you know, in verse 6, and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, uh, uh, they begin to rent their clothes, their greed. And the Bible says in verse 8, they begin to speak to the people. And they say, if the Lord delight in us, notice the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which floweth and milk with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, but they are bread for us. Now you see two different visions here. One is looking and saying we're grasshoppers, and the other ones are saying, no, the people are bread for us. What's going on here? What is this scenario? What is it saying? We have one class of people living from the soul, fear, doubt, unbelief, what they see. And we have two more living from the spirit, seeing how great God is, how powerful God is. If God be for us, if God delight in us, I mean, oh, if God be for you, who can be against you? That's right. Hmm. Jesus Christ has never lost a battle, never lost a fight, and never will. He's undefeated, glory to God. <laughs> and he's the only undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. Yes. Amen. <laughs> hey, there you go. 
He'll never lose a fight. You put your hands in his hand, you'll never fail. You'll never lose, glory to God. Hallelujah. He cannot fail. Cannot Lord. fail. That's one thing that God cannot do with it, and that's fail. Mm. That's right. And Caleb got a hold of it. Joshua got a hold of it. And the Bible says, I'm going to redeem the time a little bit. If you read on down, the people begin to murmur, and God got upset with them, and Moses began to intercede. There you go, the power of intercession. They began to intercede and plead for the people that God will pardon them their transgression and, and their sins before the Lord. And the Bible says that, that, that God hearkened to the voice of Moses. God wanted to smite the people and wipe them out, and Moses said, no, Lord, no. And the Bible says in verse 20, and the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. And that's powerful that Moses had that much influence and that much weight with the Lord. That he was able to pray and God hearkened to his word. But look at it, verse 21. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And God is prophesying here. He said, surely as I live, there's coming a people. He's talking about us now. There's coming a people. There's coming sons. As sure as I live. And they're going to be all over the earth. And they're going to be able to reflect my glory. And my glory is going to seal the earth. Glory to God. Mm. How's he going to do it? He's going to do it through sons. Woo. Remember the assignment of Christ? He says he's going to bring many sons into that glory. Well, he's doing it. We're part of it. Glory mm. to God. Amen. And he has sons all over the earth that are reflecting his glory. And his glory now is beginning to fill the earth. Because men are coming into full maturity, into yes. sonship, hmm. and are able to represent his kingdom, able to represent him and reflect his glory in the earth and bring about, hallelujah, his will, see, the path. Though they would not do it, that generation, there is a generation that's obeying God among us right now. And if we read on, the Bible says that in verse 24, it says, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and have followed me wholly, him will I bring into the land. Notice God had attitude. He said, my servant Caleb, who had a different spirit, see, than the others. The others had a spirit of fear. Caleb had a spirit of faith. And this is sonship. Men and women who, who trust God with their lives. Men and women who will do whatever God tells them to do. Spirit of faith knowing that, that God will keep them. Whatever situation God will put them in, he's able to keep them. See, that's sonship. If God tells you to move, God tells you to go to another place, God tells you, you're willing, because you know God will take care of you. Mm. Uh, and people call you crazy. You love your job, you love this, you love... No, 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 no. No. The Lord is in charge of our life. I remember years ago when I left uh, North Carolina, people thought we were crazy, man. <laughs> and I can understand that. Looking at it from a human standpoint, you know, you know, who quits a job, a good job, with, you, know, uh, the, you know, a promising job where the boss promise you, you know, promotion and all this stuff. Well. And you go in the office and you tell him, look, sir, I, I don't know what's going on in my life, but I hear a call and I got to go. And he look <laughs> at you like you're crazy. That's what happened to me. <laughs> I, 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 I had that same, I had that same thing happen. I'm telling you, almost picture perfect right there. Had to, had the he same said, are you crazy? Yeah. I said, I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but I hear a call. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, a call? I said, yeah, a call. I'm with you. I hear a call. I shut down a business I have built from nothing in the last 15 uh -huh. years. And yeah. I shut her down and moved here. Hallelujah. 
But since it's natural, it don't make no sense. And that making sense. And I'm trying to keep that spiritual insight going on. Yeah, just keep amen. this what you're talking about right here. But, you you know. get an amen from God Anita in there, too. She's amen too. God's not moved by our natural senses and what yeah. we sense that makes sense. He don't move in that realm. Yeah. God lives in the realm of faith. We mm. He lives in the realm of faith. Hallelujah. And, and the realm of faith is what we have to understand that that's the, the economy that God has put us in, the economy of faith. Mm. We the gesture live by faith. Faith. I, I don't live by the American economy or the world's economy. We live by faith in God. Man. And if God gives us a rhema word to do something, you better believe it. He's going to pr provide. That, that was a really, really, huh? that was a really poignant way uh, to say that being the economy of faith. Everybody can understand money and currency and how to spend it. And, and to say yeah. that economy of faith, that, that is, but it, we need to preach on that for just a minute. <laughs> There's a lot of people need to hear that word right now, including the ones in this room. That is, that is, that is a poignant way to, to explain that. Well, you know, it's just like, you know, currency, like you said, money. People, no man can serve two masters, right? Yeah. Mm. So we understand that, that our economy is based upon, let's uh, say, the Lord. And if, if God has told us to, to go somewhere or do something, I mean, you know he's going to provide. Yeah. You know he's going to provide because it's written in his word. See, my no. God shall supply all of my needs. Knowing and acting, faith. knowing and acting are two different things. <laughs> yes. yes, the word that's tells faith in God. That's not presumption. That's faith. Yes, yeah. faith come by hearing. If God has told us to do something, you better believe He's already made provision. It's no different. He told Abraham, "Get out, get out from your country. I want to make you. I want to show you my kingdom. I want to show you a different way. The way you live in idolatry. The way you live in is not my will for your life. Get out from your father's house, your kindred, your folk. Get out. I want to show you the kingdom of God. Sometimes you have to dislocate and relocate, right? Sometimes God will will, will remove you and reset you. Woo! But but that has to do with His will, right? Amen. Well, he told us, he told us that money was the least of things. And if we can't be faithful with the mammon, mammon of this world, how can we be faithful with the true riches of heaven? Right, right. And this is where we can't let money dictate our lives. Come on. Uh, God dictates our lives, not money. Hmm. money. God told me years ago, God told me years ago when I quit that first job years and years ago, when I slammed that locker, I said, I can't take it no more. I got to leave here. I got to serve the Lord. And God told me, he said, now you will work for me and money going to work for you. I said, what? He said, you going to work for me and money going to work for you. I'm going to tell you where to go and you're going to tell Mammon where to go. Mm. He said, that's what he said. And I'm telling you, that is the inheritance of sons of God. Money serves us. We don't serve money. If you notice, most millionaires and rich folk, they they have this principle down. Money works for them. They don't work for money. Right? right. They're on the beach of Hawaii and money turning over on them. Just turning over, working for them. Right? Right. But, but most people, they don't get into the economy of faith in God. They, they have to go to their job every day. They're not thinking, work, 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 work. No, if they can say, no, God, I want to work for you, then God will begin to give you strategies, begin to give you businesses, give plans that cause money to work for you. And eventually, you come into where you on top. Now money is turning over for you, right? Mm. Now money doesn't dictate your vacations, don't dictate when you go, when you come. It doesn't dictate your life anymore. You're led by God. Hmm. Ooh, what a word. And, 
And see, that's that's the plan for every son of God. We can come into that. It's faith. Little by little, we come into that. Little, don't just you know, just people hearing me. Just don't quit your job now. You gotta hear from God. You just can't just be presumptuous. See. Yeah. Wow. But have an ear. But have an ear to hear the Lord. Woo. You stay on that job. You stay on that job until if God gives you a word, then you do it. If you don't, you stay there. You be faithful. Amen. Wow. That fellowship you're in, if God ain't told you to do nothing, you be faithful. Glory. We're led by God. We're not we're not led by feelings and emotions. It, the enemy is going to still play on those too that you know because a lot of times you know in my situation and brother whitney's and i'm sure yours when you had to leave that job when you felt that call the enemy still brings back those emotions of what was comfortable and what you yeah. what you were used to uh and what was what, what was easier uh and so yeah. <laughs> just to, yeah it, it's hard to separate that in our carnal minds and 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 daily daily choice to, to right. not let that be the decision maker right there. Oh, my goodness. There you go. There you go. And God's looking for a remnant. See, that remnant is out there that loves him more than their comfort. See, that loves him more huh, than their own lives. It would have been easy to, to stay there where I was, pay my tithe, be loyal to God in the church. That would have been easy. But to step out of the boat, man, it's risky. Yeah, it's risky. And I understand that. Uh, the situation I was in, it either was God or the devil. It was one of the two. Right. <laughs> Thank God it was the Lord. You know what I mean? Amen. Well, <laughs> and when... The truth speaks for itself. But, yeah. man, if you don't, I mean, take chances. You have to understand, when Abraham left that, that land, uh, left his father's house, he went right into a famine. How you like that? Well, and you <laughs> and you use the term "step out of the boat." Well, when you step out of the boat, the boat rocks. <laughs> yeah, but when Peter stepped out of that boat, he was doing good as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. Amen. Yeah, when but, Peter. But yeah. the scripture said when he, when he when he saw the waves, uh, and the wind, saw the waves. Yeah. He took his eyes off the Lord, saw the waves, and and he felt the wind. He began to sink. Yeah, man. But he could call on Jesus. He was right there to lift him up. Amen. See, uh, no other, no right other name. So I don't care if you if you fall, you make a mistake, God will pick you up, glory to God. You just can't live by fear. We're the sons of God. We're not to go back into bondage to fear anymore. If you make a mistake, God will be there. Reach out, grab his hand. He'll pick you right back up. Mm. And get up and try it again in Jesus' name. Amen. And he'll give, he give you one of them teachings. Yeah, one of them whipping, whipping little, teachings. You live, you live little faith. Amen. <laughs> hey, yeah. this, this is good stuff. We got to take a step away for just a moment. Uh, All right. And we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. All right, we are back. Thank you, Anita. We're on the Box 2 Radio Network here this morning with another Tuesday with uh, our good friend from Marshall, Texas, Brother uh, Jeff Arrington. We got an answer that was correct to our trivia question. Brother Ernie Vincent called in and got it right. What profession did Aquila, Priscilla, and Paul all have in con common? They were tent makers, Acts 18, 2, and 3. And now Brother Ernie's name is in that drawing for that $25 gift card to Olive Garden in Elizabethtown. And so we are going to get 
going here. We've got a couple segments left here with Brother Jeff Arrington here on this Tuesday edition of Voice in the Kingdom. And uh, I know that you've got some scriptures and things you're trying to get to and as you're hammering home uh, this point uh, of this growth and maturity as sons and daughters in Christ and uh, talking about all of that that goes along with it. Brother Whitney, do you have any other questions before he gets well, back just, to it? Just picking back up where it was, he's, he made a statement, uh, God, I want to work for you, so money works if we work for God, money will work for us. And then he right. went on talking about how we're led by God, not feelings and emotions. Amen. So that's that's where we were at. That's good. Well, as sons of God, you know, God has a strategy, a plan for our lives. You know, uh, like I said, he wants to restore all things where Adam lost and get us back to, to the place where uh, our, our first priority as kings and priests is, is the Lord. And there's, People out there, even now, you know, God wants to train and raise up to be CEOs of companies. And uh, you got to dream big with God. You see, and we cannot let the world dictate our lives anymore. We, no man can serve two masters. See? And uh, uh, either you despise one, you see, and love the other. But I'm going to tell you that, that the Lord should be the only master in our life. Not money, not this economy, not this world. And I thank God that he's able now uh, uh, to, to, to move us in position uh, for promotion. There's some right now listening that God's going to promote your life right now based upon you just hearing his word, receiving his word today. See, God is going to position you for promotion hmm. and bring you into a, a whole new realm of finances. And God is wanting us to, to dominate and to, to rule this domain, see. Yeah. And there is a, a shift... Uh, and, and when it comes to our world's economy, uh, even with our, uh, our, our president, if you notice that, that God put a billionaire as president over the U.S., that's not accidental. God is wanting to shift the, the, the finances of America back to the sons of God. Woo. He wants the wealth back into the house of God, back into the fellowship, back into the church, so we can preach this gospel worldwide. Not just the gospel of the nomination, but the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. All this shift in money and finances is for one purpose. It's for the purpose of God. And if a man of God can understand his purpose, why God has blessed his life, why God has, the scripture says, uh, uh, it is God that gives us power. He doesn't give us wealth. He gives us power to do what? Get wealth, right? Amen. He gives us power. And that's the influence of that ability and that, that wisdom that comes from God that gives us the power to obtain wealth. And see, he's looking for a remnant, uh, a mature son that can handle this well, that the wealth won't take them astray and cause their faith to shipwreck. See, uh, wealth that won't cause them to, to turn their love from loving God to loving things and, and lusting out more cars and more homes and more. I mean, how many cars and homes can you have in this life, right? That's right. How many pairs? How many pairs shoes? How many <laughs> clothes? How much? My Lord in heaven, right? There's enough. Is enough. <laughs> there comes a point where something else is first priority in your life. Uh, we go to Liberia. I'm telling you, we go to Liberia, and, and we have adopted a whole orphanage over there, full of children. And uh, uh, we got. A, I'm taking shoes next time I go. I said we got shoes in our closet we don't even wear. And I said, people got shoes and clothes and stuff. I said, there's people that need this stuff. And this is the kingdom of God. It, it, it brings uh, the level, it levels the playing field where all can, can be blessed because the abundance of some is to meet the lack of others. That's the kingdom of God, right? Mm. 
And not right. to keep hauling and more stuff and more stuff, building more barns, putting more stuff in it, right? Right. And buying more stuff for yourself. No, God gave us wealth uh, uh, to feed the nations. Amen. To help, to help the orphans and the widows. See, this is part of maturity in the kingdom of God, right? Part of maturity in the I, kingdom of God. I know it is, but it's almost like um, if you're doing anything, we have this poverty mindset in, in the kingdom that if you're going to be in ministry, you ought to be broke. If you're going to be in, if you're going to be in ministry, you're you always having to struggle and, and you shouldn't make any money. And, and, and just like, you know, um, going to Africa right now, you know, you, I almost feel, um, um, bad to say, Hey, we're going over to an orphanage, you know, send a, I want to say send a thousand dollars over so I can buy these kids all a new pair of shoes, just like you said. But, but you yeah. have this mindset. If you, if you say something like that, that uh, it hurts people's feelings. Yeah. So then you get into this place to where you're just like, Lord, if you want me to do that, you send it my way. I'm just going to be quiet. So there's a balance there, you know? So that's the hard part, brother Jeff. Well, that's why we want people to grow up. So you shouldn't have to ask people to come to you. If they know you're going to a country that's less fortunate, that needs some help, and we in America, we have an abundance, my abundance is to help their lack. That's why we want it. That's why God has blessed America. Right. It might be a blessing. See, you shouldn't have to say that. Thank God for the maturity here in my fellowship. Every time we go, they send me out blessed. I don't have to take a dime. I don't have to do anything. Uh, my, all of our needs are met. We have more than enough. We, we, we help folks. I give people money. I mean, much thanksgiving goes to God when we go to Africa. What? To put, to put a... God here are very seasoned, very mature. They know where we're going. I don't have to beg and ask and plead. They, they just automatically give. That's maturity. That's sonship. Well, to See? put a plug in for, for here, there, there are people here. I'm, I'm not having to spend anything out of my pocket. To, to go on this trip so i wasn't really talking about where i go to church i'm just talking about i know a lot of people and everyone i've said i'm going to africa i didn't ask anybody for money and but but i was have the mindset like you said i'm i told you i was going if and, you told me you was going i'm gonna say here take 100 bucks here and, take 200 and their, bucks, their 2, bucks. Is, good good job yeah, yeah good thanks, job thanks for going <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, I understand that. I'm not talking about your fellowship in particular. I'm talking about the body of Christ now. See, yeah, right, yeah. Go, right. Region. I'm talking about the body of Christ at large because most of the body of Christ. Like, why do you think God's preaching this message here? Because the body of Christ is full of babies, Ooh. and God is wanting men and women to grow up. Mm. You see, He wanted us to come into maturity. That's why the message is on the radio because there's a lot of uh, uh, fellowships that that are, that are nurseries in the eyes of God. And men and women been um, immature for years and years, and it's time for them to break out of that and to grow up and come into some some maturity, and where God can can bless their lives abundantly, where their overflow can help others. You see what I'm saying? Glory. Mm. So it's not anybody's particular local fellowship, but corporately, God is wanting the body of Christ now to understand that we are to dominate and to take over this domain uh, of wealth in the earth. See, the wealth of the wicked is making its way into our hands even now. Laid up for the righteous. Come on. There's a shift in our economy. And, and, and thank God for the leadership of this nation now that's causing the blessings of heaven now to be poured out on America. See? Mm. Because we're changing the demonic laws. We're changing demonic agendas. They're being undone. And now God he sees all this activity. And now God is able to, to bless the nation. Because now we're realigning ourselves 
with the kingdom of God, America. There's been a realignment. We were all blind for a long time. Now God is shifting and bringing us back into alignment. Have your car ever been out of alignment? Yeah. <laughs> what does it do? Pull to the right or the left. It's out of alignment. Pull both so ways. God is realigning <laughs> us to his purpose in America again, right? That's right. And because of that, our economy is booming because now we're realigning ourselves to the purpose of God. Mm. Glory. Which this nation was birthed for. It's, it's for the gospel. I know that's why Satan fight like hell and fight the president, fight everybody, and fight saints that, that understand it. He fight, because he knows that he has a short time. Ooh. And God's undoing a lot of this this darkness that he's done all the years that he's putting to put this darkness in place, God is undoing it with one administration, man. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and I thank God. I call it that Cyrus anointing. God is God is undoing all this unfruitful works of darkness, and he's wanting the sons of God to, to, to understand that and get behind uh, his wheel. And this mm. is true sonship. That's the last thing I want to talk about. It had to do with the pattern son. Now, Caleb came into it because he saw God. Joshua kept their eyes on God. That's why God, out of all the people, two million people, uh, two men went into the land with the new generation. Why is that? Because, because they believed God. God. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So you mean to tell me two million people can't keep me out of the promised land? Not if I Ooh, believe God. That's a good word. Mm. You might be the only two. But you can go in, glory to God. You can go in because of your faith in God. Caleb was so powerful. He went around the wilderness with that crew. God prophesied. He said, because y'all said this, for 40 years you're going to walk around this desert. Caleb walked around that desert for 40 years. And at the end of it, and he was 80. And he made the statement, I'm just as strong as I was when I was 40. Amen. Why? is the new Why? 40. Because God kept him. God kept him strong. God kept him Amen. full of vitality. He didn't lose anything because he kept his eyes on Jesus. And God fulfilled his word to Caleb, brought him into the land, gave him the mountain and his children. Mm, good stuff. Because of faith, man. Faith in God. Mm. Now, if we take it back to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, he's the pattern son. Let's take it back to the New Testament. If you go back to Hebrews, go back to Hebrews for a minute. Uh, chapter 3. Now, verse 10 says he was grieved with the generation because they erred in their hearts, right? Right. But if we read on down, it says in verse 12, Take ye, brethren. Lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, he's talking about those people in the wilderness because they didn't believe the word of God, what God told him. Uh, uh, they departed from the faith. And the Bible says in the last days, many are departing from the faith, taking heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. But I'm here to tell you, there's a remnant now that God is raising up. And we got to understand that he wants us to live by kingdom faith. What I mean by kingdom faith, kingdom faith. Kingdom faith is a confidence, if you would, in God that's beyond the natural realm, a confidence in the Lord. Caleb had a confidence in God that bypassed natural circumstances. He didn't worry about the giants. He didn't worry about the Canaanites, Hittites. He didn't worry about none of that. He saw God. He saw God. So we see here 
in verse 13, but I, he says, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, sin, unbelief, can deceive you. Now, verse 15, it says, now verse 14, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Remember I said confidence, right? Kingdom faith is a confidence in God. Well, this word confidence in, is, is the word hupotasio, which means a setting under. If we stay under Christ, stay under God, steadfast to the end. See, if we stay under him, the Bible says. Now, in 315, it says, today, if you hear his voice. Now, let's talk about our day. Today, if you hear his voice. What is God saying today to us? What is he saying today? to this generation. Mm. This is the day of grace, dispensational grace. Hear his voice. His voice is saying, you accept it. His voice is saying, you have access to me. His voice is saying, I made you kings and priests. His voice is saying, you're forgiven. His voice is saying, you are healed. His voice is saying, you are delivered. That's what he's saying. See, he's not saying, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to deliver you. No, you are. Today, if you can hear his voice, today he's saying, I want to make you a mature seasoned son. To all the listeners, God wants to bring you into sonship. He wants to bring you into a mature seasoned son and woman and daughter of the Most High God, mm -hmm. where he puts premium and value on your life where no devil can take it from you. Mm -hmm. God wants to put a seal on your life that you belong to him. Mm -hmm. That's sonship. And that you have a relationship with him is more valuable than any title or position a man can give you. That's good. Well, we got to take There's our no title or position can take the place of your relationship with your heavenly father. Mm. We got to take our last break, and I know that you've got some things that you're going to wrap up here in this in this edition, and we we've uh, really enjoyed uh, getting more into this this maturity I can't this training. It's over. I know, right? Well, we've got about we got a little bit longer to go. We got to get this last break in, and we right. make sure. <laughs> and it goes so fast. I know. All right, man, we're back. Unfortunately, for our last little bit here, I could go for another couple of hours. <laughs> Thank you, Anita. As she said, yes, it's unfortunate the time goes by so fast, uh, but it is a true statement. When you're having fun, it, it just flies right on by. Uh, but I love the, the term that Brother Jeff's used a couple times this morning, just redeeming that time. The Holy Spirit does that for us sometimes, too. Uh, so let's uh, let's get a bow on it, Brother Jeff. Let's uh, let's get this one, drive this one home and uh, get, get right into it here. Well, we live in a day that I mean, the saints of old would love to have lived in our day. This day, that the works of God are finished. We get a chance to enter into his rest. If you're in Hebrews chapter 3, let's wrap some things up. It, it says that, that God was grieved with that generation. He was grieved with them, and they they had to go around that same mountain for 40 years, man. Can you imagine? Yeah. The first time came, he uh, was grieved, and they had to travel that same, same old, same old for 40 years because of their unbelief. Unbelief. See, unbelief is, God sees unbelief as evil. And there's two Greek words for the word unbelief here in Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4. And the first Greek word is abithia, which, which deals with faithless. See, 
They had no faith. They didn't believe what God said. They were faithful. And then the second word, I'm going to go back and explain it. The next Greek word evolved and progressed into flat-out rebellion. The next word for is, is found right here. It says that <clears throat> let us labor, therefore, to enter into his rest. Uh, lest we be of an evil heart and unbelief. It says in verse 11, 4, 11, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. Let any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Now this word is uh, apathia, which means arrogant, I mean obstinate, pride, resistance, and opposition to the will of God. So you see, unbelief will progress right into obstinate. It'll, it'll, it'll progress right into rebellion. So it's a dangerous thing when you hear the word and not to believe it. So I'm here to tell you, saying today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Mix it with faith. Mm. Yes. This thing is available for you. It'll change your life forever. Come into the understanding and the revelation of who you are as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Mm. And putting that seal that, that you are God's and God is yours. Now, it says in Hebrews 1, it says, Lest therefore fear lest a promise being left us or enter into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. In other words, they couldn't enter in because they didn't mix the word with faith. Remember, I said our economy is faith now. Right. We don't live by natural, uh, uh, what we hear, uh, whether the report is good about the kind of court, report is bad. And I remember a few years ago, y'all remember a few years ago when, when the gas prices were so high? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was somebody talking about, you know, you better get a smaller car, you know, because I got a big truck, man. I, I said, no, the same God that, that filled my tank up when it was cheap is the same God that filled my <laughs> tank up when it's high. Amen. Amen. God didn't change, do it. He doesn't change. I change not. Wow. I, God hasn't changed. Our economy may go up and down. Things may do this. How I many know God never changes? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, I'm the faithful God that keeps covenant to a thousand generations. God is faithful. He's not going to change who he is based upon our natural world. Glory. Right? Yeah. Amen. He moved, he, the scripture says it's impossible to please God. They that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder Rewarder mm. to them that diligently, diligently seek, seek him. him. Come on. That word reward is compensator. God will compensate your life. Yes. Yeah, he will compensate you for your faith. That's our economy. As long as we seek God, there's going to be compensation. Man. There's going to be payback. There's going to be a payroll, hallelujah, a payday. As long as we seek God with you. See, long to keep that. God going he don't care. He'll move heaven and earth to give you a, a paycheck. Glory to God. Mm. To, get, to redeem your life, to prosper you. Woo. Because you didn't really seek his will. Yes. It, it goes right wrong with huh? Yes. <laughs> it goes right wrong with what Jesus says. Seek first kingdom. All these things shall be there's compensation. Added, yeah. Yes. Glory to God. See, Quincy, there's compensation, putting God first. Phew. See. Yeah. You can enter into a rest. You're going to be fed. Your cover's going to have food. There's going to be food on your table. You can, you don't have to stay up all night worrying about tomorrow and all. No, no, no. We enter into a rest because God promised hallelujah. Yeah. 
And that promise has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ that he will take care of us. Glory. And we will put him first. Mm. We can enter into a rest, supernatural rest. Now, now you read up, go back down. That word labor, it says labor to It's not our English word labor to work and sweat. No, that word means to make haste to believe what you hear. That's what I mean. When mm. you hear the word of God, it means to say quickly. That's what it means. Wow. Let us therefore make haste. When you hear the word, hear it quickly, believe it. Then you enter into a supernatural rest. No worries, mate. <laughs> the work was finished before the foundation of the world mm. the thing is complete man, before cool. God created the world Christ died hallelujah amen man the lamb died the works were finished man well brother we're uh Woo! we're approaching we're approaching the end of this uh, I want to give you an opportunity to get that last that last thought that last word on this morning from me brother well opportunity is here we have access into this grace now where we stand. Romans 5, verse 1, 2, it says that we have access now into something that's so powerful that it'll change our lives forever. Hmm. We can stand in this favor, the scripture says, great favor, grace is the divine influence, kingdom influence upon the heart. We can stand in this influence of the kingdom. We can stand in this favor of God if we just keep on, keep on accessing Christ. Uh, through our obedience to the word. Amen. If I can leave with anything, I can leave with this. If you would develop a year to year and to obey God's word, then there's no stopping you. Your future is certain. Uh, your future is unshakable. You're receiving something that the kingdom which Satan cannot, cannot stop. Uh, you can enter into a rest. No worries. No stressing out. No uh, worrying about your children. You give them to the Lord is written. If you give them to the Lord, God is able to perfect that which concerns you. Uh, there's nothing to worry about. Hmm. Faith brings us into a supernatural rest. See, if you're in true faith, because God is in charge. God has it. And saints, it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we're talking about kingdom faith. Yeah, yeah. Even in our chastenings, even in our scourging, uh, it's faith. I believe my father has my best interest at heart. I believe he set me up to, to, to promote me. I believe he is going to keep me in the hour of temptation. So Hallelujah. I encourage you to uh, uh, stay on this path of maturity, seasoning. You're going to see the blessings of God manifest all over your life. Amen. Uh, we appreciate the word this morning, brother. Glory. We uh, look forward again to the next one. And, uh, well, the next one, brother Whitney will be in Africa, but you and me will still be here, brother. We're right. going to still get oh, it yeah. done. <laughs> 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 All right. So thank you so much, brother. Have a blessed day. And we look forward to having you again next week. And, uh, man, may God richly bless you and all the work that you're doing in your ministry there, man. Okay. May Whitney, may the Lord be with you, man of God. And, and, uh, may you take the kingdom message to those that, that I know are willing to hear it in Jesus. Amen. 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 Going to do it. Got a lot of notes Amen. here. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, all right, brothers. Y'all have a good day, man. All right. All thank right, you, brother. brother. All right. All right. Well, we've got to uh, wrap it up quick here. Uh, I know uh, Brother Whitney's been jotting stuff down, and, and uh, we, we always love the outpouring that we get uh, when Brother Jeff comes on. And